1: Hello everybody and welcome. It is an OMG edition of Sportsbeat After Hours. That's right, it's an emergency podcast. I am Hemahe Muli Jr. Zachary Hickens here.
2: I can't stop laughing. I guess who else talk. is
1: here, Zach?
2: Who else is in studio with us?
1: The man himself, Jeremiah Jensen.
0: That's my voice in the intro, by the way. That's my voice that you're hearing when, when we heard the, today's breaking news. The sirens went off. They had to evacuate the building at Broadcast House. It was mania. People were running all over the place. People are on fire. I think someone died. <laughs> throwing children. I can't confirm that, but uh, a source told me that someone died this afternoon when the Anthony Davis trade news broke.
2: Yeah, all hell broke loose. That's the I mean, thing, man. Fire alarms like... went off. We had sirens. <laughs> we were throwing things. It yeah. was insane.
1: It was pandemonium. Whipping over desks, yes. Yeah. So uh, now that we've had an hour to mull this over, Anthony Davis is going to the Lakers for basically everything but the kitchen sink. Uh,
2: <laughs> and Kyle Kuzma.
1: And Kyle Kuzma, who is the kitchen sink, I guess. <laughs> uh, Jer, what does this whole thing mean? For jazz fans, it's going to shake up the off season for sure.
0: So yeah, this is uh, w- w- you know when you think of blockbuster trades, this is the definition of it. This is th- we've been waiting for this to happen. We knew it was going to happen, and then it happens. You're like, and you're still like, whoa, yeah. That's that's when you know it's a blockbuster trade when you knew it was coming, and you still are shocked when it happens. So um, before I get to the jazz, I'll talk about what it means for the NBA. Is we we watched the Lakers be a joke for the past. 12 months, right? right? I mean, last year there was predictions that they would go to the finals. They could they could be the team that beat the Warriors, and they turned into a just a, a dumpster fire. And then we saw the drama play out with their front office, Magic Johnson leaving. They air out, air out all their dirty laundry, and everyone's making fun of the just Lakers. Crazy, But this is the thing about the Lakers, and this is why there's just something about that franchise. They're able to do this where not a lot of other franchises are able to do. All of a sudden, one day, they can turn around like that make a trade or make some kind of free agent acquisition or something, and all of a sudden everyone's like, oh, the Lakers are back! Oh, the Lakers are going to win it now! Mm-hmm. And that's your first reaction is, oh, wow, Anthony Davis with LeBron James! Um, so suddenly we're back taking the Lakers seriously again. And you look at uh, Vegas, and Vegas knew this trade was coming. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And where do they have them in the odds to win an NBA championship next year? Four to one or something like that. It's
2: insane. Yeah.
1: I remember reading that and I was like, you got to be kidding me. And this was like, what, a few days ago? Maybe
2: last week? Yeah, when
0: the the odds came out right after the finals on Thursday. so it was Thursday night. Yeah. On Friday, Friday, you're looking at the odds to win a title and the Lakers are up there. I'm like, come on now. But then I'm thinking, you know what? They're projecting that Anthony Davis is going to be a Laker. Yeah. And here we are. So now the reality is he is a Laker. What does this mean for the league? Well, the Lakers have to be taken seriously again. You pair LeBron James with Anthony Davis, Kyle Kuzma stays, which was an absolute coup for the Lakers. If I'm the Pelicans, I don't make that trade without Kyle Kuzma being a part of it. Because all the players they got, I thought Kyle Kuzma has a chance to be a star more than any of the other guys. So for the Lakers to keep Kuzma, to pair with LeBron and AD, he's perfect because he can. he's not going to get the attention defensively that he, he got last year. He's going to sit back there and knock down threes and make yeah. plays.
1: Not only that, like, like they guess they traded a bunch of first-round picks, including this three year's three first-round picks, including
0: the fourth overall pick this Which year. Which you said
1: is basically just garbage. Like You just throw it well, away. So
0: that's the thing here. So this is the risk that the Lakers are running. And again, I haven't got to the Jazz yet because this does impact the Jazz, I think. But... This is a major risk-reward for the Lakers. So the Lakers are all in. And this is what the Lakers have to do. They're the Lakers. They have to win. They have to be elite. They have to f- tell. You know, they have to be have that image that they are uh, a contender. Yes. And they, they, got, they went out and got that guy, and they made that deal. But they had to give up a lot to do it. And I'm not necessarily talking about the guys that they sent to New Orleans. I don't think Lonzo Ball is ever going to be more sure. than a starter in the league.
1: Or Ingram. Which isn't
0: bad. Yeah. I just don't think he's a star. Brandon Ingram, I haven't seen it. I don't think he's going to be a star. So you're you're sending well, and
2: he has health problems too. On top of that,
0: yeah, exactly. Syndrome, I'm yeah. just not a, I'm just not sold on him being any more than a starter in the league. And then um, Josh Hart's a nice rotation player. So the the players they got compared to what they gave up is not even close. But where this could pay off big for the Pelicans and where this could backfire for the Lakers is those picks. First round picks in the NBA are extremely valuable, mm-hmm. not just because of what those players could potentially be, but the fact that they get the organizations get those players cheap. I don't I don't care who you are whether it's the first pick or whatever, you're getting them for a lot less value than they're probably giving you. Yeah. So that's why those picks are so valuable. And if things don't go well in LA next year, and knowing the dysfunction that is in the front office, Mm -hmm. that's not going away. They're not trading those people. They're not trading Jeannie Buss. (laughs) So that dysfunction still resides there. All you have now is another superstar player to pair with LeBron. Is that enough to get over the problems that they have internally in that organization? We'll find out. The Lakers had to do this. They had to be all in. But if this backfires and Anthony Davis doesn't sign with the Lakers next summer, They just mortgage their future. They're stuck with a 36-year-old LeBron James. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, they're they're in rebuild mode with no way to rebuild. So the Lakers are making a huge gamble here. They're putting all their chips in on Anthony Davis, trying to take advantage of one final run with LeBron James, Mm -hmm. who I mentioned will be 35 this year. I mean, LeBron has a lot of mileage on him. He
2: does, yeah. If anybody
0: can continue to play that high of a level at that age with that many minutes he's played, it's LeBron. But... Look, Father Still. Time is undefeated. Right. So that's what this means for the league right now is the Lakers are again uh, a team to contend with. I think they are a contender when you have two of the top 5 players in the world, so you have to take them seriously that way. I have to wait and see who they surround. Those uh-huh. two with, and they do have some cap space to work with. You know, the rumors are, they're, they're interested in Kemba Walker. Okay, yeah. It's that simple. Everyone's so interested Lakers, in Kemba Walker. The sure, Lakers <laughs> just, just go out and pick whoever they want and bring them in. Yeah. It doesn't really work that way. So,
1: uh, okay. So now that we've kind of sorted out the Lakers deal, I want you to break out your crystal ball okay. and tell us what that means for the Utah Jazz, for the rest of the Western Conference, uh, what it means to have the Lakers potentially be back.
0: So... The Warriors are not going to be the Warriors next year. Even if they keep those guys, and I definitely think they're going to they're going to keep um Thompson. I don't know about KD now. I thought he was gone for sure, now I'm thinking well why doesn't he just take the 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 player option, stay in Oakland for a year while he rehabs and then go where he wants right. to go. Who knows what he's going to do now. I think that complicates KD a little bit cuz it's not as clear-cut as it was before. So this wide open the NBA is wide open right now. Mm-hmm. Who's the favorite to win it next year? I mean, Vegas thinks that the Lakers are a contender now, right? Yeah. Right. And that tells you something that, you know, I mean, t- we'll take Vegas for a grain of salt sure. or whatever, but the fact that you're looking at the Lakers as a contender tells you something, that the Warriors aren't who they were. You now have some powers in the East which have to be taken very for seriously sure. if Kawhi stays that's in what I was say. Yeah. We
2: don't know what Kawhi's going to do next. If he this, comes West to the Clippers, uh, yeah. I mean, that's just... It's, it's going to make insane. the Western Conference but, just absolutely insane So
0: there's two things that I think will shape this offseason And the, the first domino has fallen Anthony Davis is a Laker Now everybody else can start making their moves And that's going to send you know the dominoes falling through the rest of the league And we're going to see more deals before the trade Before the uh, the draft, sorry, comes up And then free agency So this is going to be a wild two or three weeks It's going to be a lot of fun But how does the rest of the league react to this? And I think that what Toronto did is going to inspire a lot of teams and a lot of front offices, especially with the Warriors having these injury problems, to say, we, if we gamble like the Raptors did, we can win it all. I think I mean,
1: that's absolutely what the Lakers have done,
0: I think. Absolutely. Know, the gamble absolutely. that
1: the, the Raptors took, the so, rental.
0: So the, the, how this impacts the Jazz, who else is going to gamble? Who else is going to be all in on a certain player they like? Are the Jazz going to be all in? Yeah. Because I think a lot of teams have been conservative the last two or three years, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Because I think they knew that they realistically didn't have a shot to beat the Warriors. So going all in or taking huge risks didn't necessarily pay off. And you look, Let's be honest. Last year, we saw what the Raptors did with choir. Like, what are they doing? They're only going to get them for a year. Yeah. yeah. waste. Yeah. Well, Well, it absolutely paid off. (laughs) The ultimate payoff. So I think it's changed everyone's Mm -hmm. minds on that. So are the Jazz going to go all in? And they've hinted at that. Um, leading up now, that doesn't mean that they're, it's going to happen for them because it takes two, and we'll see how things play out. And but they're going to be very aggressive, and I think they're one of those teams out there that's going to be willing to roll the dice, yeah. willing to take some chances. So you're going to see the Jazz a lot less conservative in this off season. That doesn't mean they're going to net what they want, but they're certainly going to try hard.
1: Looking back, it it kind of you know them telling Rubio that yeah we're not going to focus on you this year. It's it's that is kind of looking back now. It's kind of the start of maybe the Jazz will take a risk. I've been waiting for them to take a risk for a while. <laughs> I think and we all have. Every offseason, me and Zach say this all the time. We're like, yeah, the Jazz could do this, could do this, but they'll probably do nothing. It's yeah. the so inside they did last joke. Yeah. Last yeah. back, right? Um, so, yeah, I think uh, what you say is interesting. I hope that m- we take more of a risk this well, year. I,
2: I think they have to. Uh, with it, It's an opportunity for the Jazz to capitalize, to move up, and be one of the powers in the Western Conference. They can make a move if they go and add Tobias Harris, if they go and uh, uh, trade for um, uh, Grizzlies point guard, Mike 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 Conley. Conley. If they trade for Mike Conley, then they're an immediate contender, one, two, three best teams in the West. And they've been one of the three or four best teams in the West, but they can move up and realistically compete with... I mean, I think what we have left is probably the Rockets lakers and don't count out portland they made it to the western conference finals this mm-hmm. last year
0: don't forget the nuggets either. and
2: yeah don't forget the about nuggets. the nuggets they're going to bring back a lot of people but i like the way that the jazz matched up with the nuggets this last year and if they can add another playmaker then i just think that it's going to be better for them so i almost put them above a, a tier above the the nuggets but they're kind of back and forth with the blazers and then the lakers you know i i think that there there's going to be a, a a three-headed monster at the top of the western conference it's going to be like the jazz the rockets depending on what they do because they've said that they're willing to blow things up but you know maybe they uh they they stand pat and try and hold keep it together for another year and uh depending on what the jazz do assuming that they actually go out and do something this year it it could be an exciting offseason here in salt lake
0: i don't think the rockets are going to stand pat I think that they're having some issues in the off season. I think there was a lot of frustration there. I think James Harden and Chris Paul are buttonheads. I think that something could happen there. I would keep your eye on Houston making a deal. I mean Chris Paul, if the if the Rockets had the chance to move Chris Paul, I think they should and they would.
2: Well they well, they don't want to pay him forty million dollars. Exactly. A year.
0: Yeah. I mean he's I talked about LeBron being old and has a lot of minutes. Chris Paul's no different. I mean we saw and Chris Paul. And he's small and he's had injury issues. He's slowing down. I mean yeah. he has no burst. Yeah. So you're going to be paying Chris Paul forty million to do what for you here in the next three years? Is
2: Chris Paul finally going to end up as a Laker after all these years? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> the long way around,
0: right? Yeah. How much interest do the Houston Rockets have in Kyle Kuzma? Mm. That's a good question. The Lakers have some space that they could absorb Chris Paul in to yeah. a degree, with they move a couple more pieces that they do have on the roster. I'm saying I'm just throwing all these right. things out. This is the cra- this is, this is the craziness that could ensue in the NBA as all these teams try to jockey. To put themselves in that position to be the next Warriors or the next team after the Warriors. I'm going to call it the uh, post Warriors dynasty. Yeah. Because the, I'm <laughs> sorry, five years, it was a great run, but with KD and Thompson out next year, it's not going to be the same, yeah. even if they re sign those guys. So there's going to be change in the NBA next season. Who is going to become the alpha yeah. in the NBA?
1: That's really interesting. I think we, we've we talked about this before, me and Zach, how, like, the 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 Warriors were kind of an example of, like, a slow burn kind of build, like, stalking picks. Then they finally go after the big name, and then that era is over, yeah. and hopefully we'll see a lot more interesting moves happening. Um, okay, guys, if you look under your chairs, there's uh, a tinfoil hat for each of you. <laughs> we're going to talk about conspiracies. Okay. For a short minute, because I thought this was interesting, and it's just funny. There were two shooters! There, the grassy knoll! <laughs> we're going to talk about... Okay, so this is... got a shout-out to At Staircase Wit. I don't know if you follow this guy. Uh, really funny. Guy Incognito is a Twitter handle that he has. Um, and he tweeted something, retweeted something back from April, which is really interesting. And this is what it says. It says, conspiracy theory... Magic resigned from the Lakers in a secret plot by Genie Buss and Magic to officially have him outside the organization so he can tamper and recruit players before the end of the playoffs. <laughs> if if that actually happened, that would be awesome because there will be a movie about this in like five years. You but know what?
0: The, I, the NBA is crazy enough for me to believe that conspiracy yeah. theory. It's I
1: mean, Magic resigned or fought, got fired, whatever. He left <laughs> April 9th. Right. Yeah. The regular season ended April 10th. I'm not going to be back next yeah. year. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it's just interesting to think about and one of the fun conspiracy theories that
2: I've listened to Well, NBA conspiracy theories are always the most fun. I mean, we've had
1: refs fixing games, you know yeah. what I mean? Like there's Yeah,
0: the, the NBA's had it all. Crazier things have we're happened. We're not we're not even getting into the cocaine 70s NBA. <laughs> Like we could go on forever. Arguably,
1: here. the best NBA. Yeah. <laughs> um, for those of you that are, we just had our sports beach show and we talked about some uh, um, improbable wins. And you mentioned the '78 uh, Washington Washington Bullets. Bullets. Uh, crazier things. Have Tape happened. delayed
0: NBA finals. Can you believe that? <laughs> how far we've come. Nobody cared back then, right?
1: Um, so you can read about that more and see it more on KSLSports.com.
0: There it yeah, is. We'll have, There's the plug. we'll have that up. Nice, but, um, nice plug. Um, we had a
2: uh, uh. So I've been reading the, uh, Bill Simmons' book of Basketball. Okay. And uh, he was actually talking at one point about the cocaine '70s in like the the, um, first chapter of the book. And he's like, we had at one point, I can't remember the player's name, but someone tried to snort the free throw line. <laughs> I'll have to go back and find it. Maybe I'll screenshot that uh page from the book and tweet it out because okay. it was it was pretty funny. I laughed when Who I read. We had it.
1: really big nostrils in the '70s. <laughs> any players famously all the ones snorting cocaine I <laughs> it was guess, a wild time <laughs> in the nba that's all i know anyways um yeah well any, anything else that you guys want to talk about i can't think of anything else i just thought we needed to talk about well i about. guess we
2: have um the jazz trade or the jazz draft coming up oh yeah do we Number think 23? the jazz
0: are even going to keep this pick or? um i think it's 50-50 so i think they they would on principle i think they would like to move it and here's yeah. why is because the Jazz aren't looking to get younger and they don't have room in their rotation. So whoever they draft is in an uphill climb to even make the rotation. Grayson Allen didn't make the rotation last year. Yeah. So you're going to add another rookie to a ro- and fill up a roster spot with somebody who's not going to be in your rotation when you need to go out and try to get a f- guy that can knock down a three-pointer. Right. You need to go out and get a guy that's going to be in your rotation that can help you win. I think that they would like to keep that roster spot for a free agent acquisition. So freeing up a roster spot would be pretty valuable for them at this point, and so trading the pick would make a lot of sense. But I think they do like some guys that are going to be in that range. They have done their homework. They've worked out 70-plus players, almost 80 players, which is insane, yeah. considering where they're yeah. drafting. And the fact that they don't really <laughs> they don't need a lot of young players, <laughs> but they're still doing their due diligence. This is why you got to respect the Jazz organization. Um, they do their homework. They 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 have the, the the support of the Millers to do this work, and I think they are confident they could find a diamond in the rough in that range. I mean, Walt Perrin said today at the which will what will be the final workout that he, this draft's better than he thought it was. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be some guys they like if the guy that they like or the guys that they like are not available there. I, I can see them shipping it out.
2: Yeah, so uh we'll actually have Walt Perrin tomorrow on Sports Beat Sunday, uh ten forty five. So uh he'll be live in studio, so look forward to that. Um yep. good conversation, good information from Walt. He's a straight shooter. Uh he doesn't really skirt around what his opinion is. So some sometimes that's a lot of fun when you man, go to those scrums man. like hey, what do you think of uh X player here? He's alright. He might be an NBA player, which, (laughs) I mean, honestly, when you're dealing with these players, you want to be straightforward with them, especially those that can return to college. So, um, yeah, looking forward to having Walt in studio. Um, Coming up also uh, this week on Tuesday, we have BYU Media Day, and we've talked about it with uh, our new kslsports.com BYU insider, Mitch Harper, Um, and we kind of briefly talked about it again on Thursday with uh, Trevor Allen, but... um, some of the storylines that we're looking forward to. It looks like BYU and ESPN are kind of finalizing things, um, terms on a on a contract extension for TV rights. Um, Jeremiah, I know you've covered BYU Media Day for the last couple of years and so every year. uh every year. <laughs>
0: sound excited to be well, back. You didn't no, I can't wait. It's, be- it's better than not talking about anything. Yeah, no, no it's true. Sorry, that sounded like I wasn't excited about uh, talking about football. You aren't excited no, about the gift bag so, that you get. <laughs> yeah, that's like I was telling BYU about swag. it. Yeah,
2: you get free BYU swag. It's pretty awesome. Amazing.
0: Yeah, I, I have like five BYU Cougar pens that I <laughs> keep at my desk. No, so BYU Media Day is always cool because they're the first to do it. Yeah. And so it's like all of a sudden you you come out of the NBA Finals or whatever it is, and you're in summer mode, and all of a sudden, boom, football! All right, let's yeah. talk football then. <laughs> so it just comes out of nowhere. Um, I guess a little bit of my, uh, my, my tone there was the fact that there's usually not a lot of news that comes out of BYU sure. Media Day. And so you hear all these... I don't know, rumors that are out there like this is going to happen. This is going to be announced and the schedules things and all these things. And then you go there. You're going to
1: schedule Bama. I mean, it was, and then, it was like you know, Wi-Fi last year. Wasn't that it? That wasn't was, that the yeah, yeah thing? last year was had Wi-Fi was the thing and, there were, and
0: there was some other rumors it's that like, didn't pff. come to fruition. So the, this, this deal with ESPN wouldn't surprise me at all that they would announce it here. Makes sense. Um, I, it's not a surprise to me at all. The relationship between ESPN and BYU is solid. Um now BYU hasn't produced the results that they would like the last you know, during this last T V contract period. But uh it's still a good product. They still get a lot of uh, uh viewers. Um there's a lot of interest in BYU around the country, especially among members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints, so it doesn't surprise me at all that ESPN would be wanting to re up with BYU. It's an it, it's a it's a good um relationship for both sides and if that's the news, it wouldn't surprise me at all if that happens and it makes a lot of sense. Do
2: you think there's an allotment of games that end up on ESPN plus?
0: That's the future. So, and would a lot of BYU fans look at that as a negative thing? I think so. Okay. Well, that's the future.
2: They don't want to pay five bucks extra a month you're, to watch BYU. They, they will not even know. spend money to go watch them in person. Most you know? fans
0: probably still have their parents' um, password <laughs> and username for their Netflix account, right? Yeah. yeah so you know what? This is the new world we live in. If you're going to want to watch stuff, you're going to have to pay for it. Yeah. yeah. Um, you're already paying for cable. So um, if you if you're a cord cutter. And, I mean, cord-cutting, people thought, oh, I'm going to save a lot of money by cord-cutting. Well, once you add all these things up, you're, you're going to end up paying the same. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that's just the future. So ESPN Plus is not a bad option. Um, and I think as long as they're in that ESPN package, it's good for BYU. Now, there's some older people that may, or even some younger people, that may be frustrated by that. You said paying the $5. Maybe a lot of young people don't want to have to pay that money. High budget. I, that's just how it is, man. So... <laughs> I I think it's kind of cool because you know with mobile and everything else. I mean, you can watch the games everywhere. I I stream out at my house. Um, mm-hmm. I've cut the cord somewhat. I'm just streaming. Um, I have a streaming service I use, mm-hmm. and uh, you know you get Netflix and Stars Prime, whatever you know, whatever you want. You can go out and get. That's kind of the future of of TV and how you watch it. So if if you if you're not getting on board with that, I don't know what to tell you. That's just how the future is, and that's what it's going to be.
1: All right, so Jer, we have one last thing for you, and okay. we're super grateful you came with us on the pod. Um, this section is called Dad Advice. No, okay. we started this with great. Sam.
2: We started with Sam. We got to get Sam's and it, it drop. Sets it's Father's Day because tomorrow we thought that it would be yeah. a perfect opportunity. You also are the father to four children, and so you have much more Plenty of great
0: stories. Oh, I do. I am. I am in the trenches. Um,
1: okay, so let me let me. I need some actual advice okay? Uh, and you can think of a story that you want to tell about your kids. So as we know, children, I have a four year old and a two year old and they both talk nonstop. Um, Sometimes they don't speak very well, right? Like they have problems with the words sheet or (laughs) truck, you know, things like that. Tread
0: lightly there, Hema.
1: But uh, my son, so they started, he started saying the word stupid. And we thought we'd nip it in the bud and just be like, don't say that word. That's a bad word to say. Don't say stupid. He says it all the time. So yeah, yeah. much so that um, my two-year-old sleeps in her crib still, but we have like a little baby monitor right by her head. And late, late at night when we know she's awake and we're trying to sleep, you can hear her going, stupid. Stu-. So she's <laughs> starting to say stupid. How do you stop your kids from saying certain things? um do I just need to whip out the belt or what? Are, what yeah, it's I mean? too late, man. It's too late. So, They've already said it.
0: Okay. So I have a two-year-old. He was starting to talk. Uh-huh. And somebody in my house, hopefully I can say this on the pod, taught him to say, "d's Nuts? <laughs> <laughs> my two-year-old says that. Okay? I'm pretty sure my 11-year-old son is, is, is responsible for this. Um, one of the biggest problems I have as a parent is these kids, you know, we had, we had influences when we were young. Yeah. I'm, I'm a gener- I guess I would say I'm a generation older than you two. Not, I mean, whatever. So, but there was different things at different generations that influenced you. And so now we're in a generation where every every kid is influenced by YouTube. And it's so easy to get on YouTube and watch crazy, wild, funny videos, and everything yeah. goes viral. So yeah. there's this huge surplus <laughs> of all these things, and there's some video that well, that's one of the things that they say on it, and D is nuts. <laughs> so now I have a two year old that will, and it's not like he just says D nuts. He like he he's like he says it with enthusiasm. Like he goes, Dad, D nuts. <laughs> I'm like you can't say that. Who taught him that? And I look over at my eleven-year-old, and he's like, Ugh. "I don't know. I knew it was you. Why are you teaching him to say that? Look, I mean that's kind of mild. I mean, there's worse. Sure. I have a. Well, I have a. Okay. So I have a six-year-old. Oh, she's turning six next week. My my five-year-old daughter. She's in kindergarten. She's like thirty pounds. She's like really petite. I mean, just the cutest Tiny, little girl yeah. in the world. she's just. Just a character. Well, there's some video on YouTube at something where there's another kid that says "mf." <laughs> okay, <laughs> she has no idea that there's anything wrong with that, and so it'd be, this story would be a lot funnier if I could actually repeat yeah. it. <laughs> right. Yeah, I won't. <right. laughs> but I just, just to so your point, like she heard this viral video on YouTube. And she and everyone's listening to it, and it's so funny. So she goes to the bus stop the next day, and she starts dropping the line on the kids. <laughs> like she's five, and she's dropping M F at the bus stop. And it's not like, okay, she doesn't. I can hopefully I can go this far. She doesn't end it with E R. She ends it with A. <laughs>
1: Uh, okay. Yes. By the way, Shaft okay. is in theaters. Uh,
0: like You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, not like, it's uh, like, uhs.
1: What M- like, uh, 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 uh,
0: is the, like, so, but here's the thing, Emma,
2: is Is part of me is he like, he live in Magna? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh,
1: thanks a lot, Trevor. Take your. You're like, take your Magna mouth yeah. back to your room. <laughs>
0: So, uh, so like here's I'm gonna here's some honest here's some honest podcasting right now. Okay. Like the parent of me is like, you can't say that. You don't ever say that again. And we lectured my daughter, and then she leaves the room, and me and my wife look at each other and we're like, <laughs> What did she say? Did you hear that? Because it was like a five year old <laughs> saying that. Like I can't. It was funny. Oh, so yeah. those what? are my stories about that. I feel your pain, but here's the truth. Yeah. Pandora's box, man. There's nothing you can do about that. You can try to punish them when you're around them. They're still going to say it when you're not around them. It's just part of that process of learning the English language. And unfortunately, there's a lot of things in the English language that we learn and say. And it... A two-year-old, a three-year-old, a four-year-old, they're very impressionable. So, so there I'll you just, go. I'll just
1: have to be like, son, if you're going to call someone stupid, you wait till they leave. <laughs> yeah. And then you'd call them stupid
0: I'll just say with this. all your friends. Stupid is at least in my right, way. I got a D's nuts <laughs> problem yeah. in my house.
2: And MFers. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so my son is now seven months old, and he is now mobile. Um, he's also gotten to the point that... Uh, if a TV's on in the room, he completely stops and all he does is watch TV. And if I turn it off, then he gets really upset. <laughs> like, and that's like the only time that he gets upset. Uh, have you guys seen? Was that a problem for you guys when your kids oh, were yeah. really young that they would get like h- glued to the TV? Yeah, but that buys me like a good hour. Oh, by it, myself. it totally buys so, me a good hour. But babysitter. it's the best. <laughs> I'm also I also feel bad doing that because like. Maybe I'm not watching the best stuff for you know. Sure. Uh, maybe so. I, out of all the kids here, well, your kid I'm just should be saying, saying these maybe these my nuts. son shouldn't be watching The Godfather or like the he's Sopranos all caught or something. Up on yeah. Game of Thrones. <laughs> yes, isn't he? Yes. Yes. He is, and he's outraged by the f- season finale. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he was so
0: upset. <laughs> it, coincided, it coincided
2: with his teething schedule, and he was turn just so it off, upset. He's just still upset about the way Game of Thrones
0: finished. <laughs> he's like
1: the book was better.
2: Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's funny that's cute he Zach has just one kid
0: well it's seven months everything's cute yeah he, yeah cute. You, you get into the terrible twos and then you got real problems
2: yeah um <laughs> I came home the other day and uh all of our dVds and uh playstation games and n sixty four games were ripped off the shelves oh. and just tossed everywhere my wife's sick and so she just was like I'm not cleaning this up because it's just going to get torn out again tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Though
1: this is fun this is funny because I mean I only have two kids, I don't have four. But I'll come home sometimes and the house is just destroyed and everything is out and everything is all a clutter and I'm like oh my wife has probably had it for today and I go up and she's like not feeling well. Yeah. And it's like yeah, you can tell that they've picked their battles for sure.
2: Yes, definitely. Um, and I think that sometimes cleaning up after kids that it's are pointless. a huge mess is uh, completely yeah, pointless. But a... we're like, yeah, trying to stage our house and stuff and keep it clean <laughs> as we're getting ready to move. And it's not working very well. Um, but one thing that we like to also end the podcast with, Jeremiah, is we uh, we talk pop culture. How did we um, get through
1: that segment without bringing up poop? I don't – well, we had a these Nuts. Yeah. I think that – is way better than poop, honestly, because I haven't. We talked about barf.
2: And we poop talked before. about barf and pee. <laughs> ha- Emma's son has a problem. Emma and Sam both have problems with their kids peeing outside. It's really um, funny
1: because when Sam was on, we talked what's about What's the problem? I talked about well, Well,
2: Sam, Sam's family, when they were out Wait, looking for homes, Yeah, so w- his son would drop his pants and start peeing in the front yard of these homes good that they're man, looking at. Which is yeah. the
1: exact thing that I asked him <laughs> advice for. And he's like, I don't know how to address this. And then he texts us like the next day and goes, my son peed all over the flower bed of a house we were looking at yeah. or
2: something like that. <laughs> During an open house. Hilarious. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. yeah I don't know. I, I don't, I don't really have many poo Stories oh, yet, will. luckily. I will. <laughs> I'm not will. looking forward to it.
0: Um, I've been changing diapers for almost 12 years. Oh. 12 years. Dude, that's crazy. That's, that's like, rough. it be 12 years in November.
1: That's awful. That's rough. Um, so, actually, Jer, you... Jer showed us... So, we like to end the pod by asking the people, like, what's the last cool thing that they've watched or thing that they're watching right now. We actually talked about... The Bash Brothers experience, which you showed us. Yes, that was. It changed our lives. (laughs) I think Emma's
2: addicted to it.
1: I have a problem. I'm going to a program. (laughs)
2: Uh,
1: But yeah, what? So, besides that, like, what's the last thing that and greatest thing that you've watched? um, Oh, man.
0: So, uh, it's that. (laughs) (laughs) I, I don't think I've moved on from that. Um, So, yeah, I discovered that late at night. Came home from work one night, and I guess it just popped up there and... The thing about it with that resonates with me is that's my era. So I'm like, I'm basically the same age as Andy Sandberg and all those guys. Okay, Lonely Island. Those those are my generation. They're from Berkeley, so they grew up with the Bash Brothers and right and everything. And so it was funny. Like most people are probably watching. And I was like, why in the world? Yeah. are they doing this? Oh, yeah. to Jose Canseco, <laughs> and Mark McGuire. If you look into it, that's their childhood. That's a big yeah. thing. they grew up cheering for those guys. And I remember it too. I remember those those Oakland A's teams is like 1989 World Series and. You know, losing to the Dodgers and all that stuff and everything, so um, it I think it's funnier to me because I lived through that era. Um, it's just one of those, and if you haven't checked it out, I mean, it's you know, if you have, I, I guess if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have a high tolerance for <laughs> right. for naughty words, yeah. Even though you don't say them on here, no, I'm just uh, this is after hours after yeah. all, right? Yeah. So it's just funny, and uh, it's just it's kind of this <laughs> combination of Andy Sandberg's genius. And that era that just resonated with me, and I just got a kick out of it. So that's probably been my latest pop culture thing. I'm trying to think of anything else awesome. right now that I've really been into.
2: You, uh, you introduced us, well, at least me, to Schitt's Creek, and yeah. I just finished that. That's great. Great, by the way. Um, I know that Canadian, you weren't,
0: Canadian comedy is awesome.
2: Yeah, you weren't too happy about my take on Moira when oh. I said that she was one of the worst characters, but it, like, she's the worst in a good way. That okay. she's just she's oh, so so well we written it, that she's unbearable. If Moira was our
0: neighbor, we'd move. Right? <laughs> yes,
2: yeah. But she's just like Alexis, <laughs> David. But if Moira
1: was like in if you're oh, if you're if she's your friend's neighbor and your friend complains about her all the time, you'd be into that. Yeah, oh, like, oh, yeah. this is awesome.
0: <laughs> just the the character of some of a woman who has been in the. the Lap of decadence, her whole life having to live in a in a motel and adjusting. It's just such a great, <laughs> yeah. comedic conflict, and it creates so much great material. I love that show; it's great. Um, yeah, that's the one I've enjoyed. I got I haven't finished all the seasons yet. I still have a lot of work to do. Okay. With that, but so, uh, my, did you know? So I have a job and four kids. Johnny
2: <laughs> and David in the show, yeah. their father and son. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you know that Twyla is actually? Uh, uh, the sister as well. Yes. Okay. Yes. I just oh, found that out. Wow. Yeah. I, I didn't, didn't know Twila was related to them as well, but yeah, Johnny and David, father and son, and creators of the show.
0: Cool. So he, he goes yeah. all the way back to uh, um, SCTV back in the '80s. I mean, this will be way before your time. An American so. Pie. Yes. He's really. Well, I mean, you, you, yeah, yeah you, that's probably your first experience with him. But man, yeah. he was. He was on SCTV.
1: With, yes. That's like a yeah, com- was, comedy, like. Uh, oh yeah. You know tablets I mean, like
0: the era of John Candy he, and that Canadian comedic influence from all those for that that originated from that SCTV and all those things that they did there's some just great comedy that came from from up north tribute to to Zach here <laughs> native Canuck. yep I,
2: you know what we just found Poutine. out the other day though is apparently canadians invented hawaiian pizza so oh, yeah. we do not get any props for anything uh, we actually should to, uh, probably lose the nba title because of that that
0: is an act of war <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> build the wall
1: um, i
0: agree who was it that the, brought keep that, that up? awful pizza out of our country? <laughs>
1: What's that? Who brought that up? I don't remember. It was where. Garrett McClintock. He oh, tweeted yes. that at
0: me.
2: That's right. He also said that he was just destroying <laughs> Canada on Twitter the other day. It was he also pretty said embarrassing
1: that the Upper Peninsula and the Lower Peninsula are actually oh, like, reversed. Wait,
2: yeah, so like Upper Canada is uh, actually south of Lower Canada. Yeah, huh? we'll have to show you. Yeah, up. It's, we'll show you the map. It's okay. pretty so interesting. <laughs> no idea where it comes from but yeah um yeah uh we uh i think that's everything we have for today so i Um, wish
0: i had some better pop culture stuff i didn't come prepared that i felt like i let you guys down no no, we kind of
2: sprung it on you at the last second next time we bring you on we'll have you'll be prepared we'll have you
1: on soon though because we want to talk to you about the, the draft and all that stuff yeah as soon as that comes up but uh Jer, thanks for coming on the pod. I the hope I didn't pod. suck. Thanks for
0: giving me another <laughs> chance. Here in the future, I'll do better.
1: These nuts. I'm these nuts. I'm Henry yeah. Mulli Jr. These nuts. And Zachary Hicken. Good night, everybody.
2: oh, oh.